Amen. <laughs> Take your Bibles. Amen. What a blessing, man. Yes, My brain is about shot anyways. The weekend. I was telling Miss Shelley back there that she, uh, she went up there with Brother Rich, and uh, she was our supervisor. <laughs> and we actually had to work while she was there because we didn't want her to come back and tell the truth. But uh, it was a blessing, man. She's up there cleaning up behind. I mean, she, she's better than five of us. Uh, we were, as fast as we could make the mess, she was cleaning up behind us, man. She kept the place looking spick and span. It was amazing. John, John chapter 6, verse 1. I think somebody was in John chapter 6 a little while ago talking. It's kind of bad, man. I thought they was going to preach my message, but that's okay. Six, verse 1. It says, and after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased. And Jesus went uh, up into the mountain, and there he sat uh, with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him, and he said unto Philip, Who uh, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he knew what he would do. And he always does know what he's going to do. <laughs> Philip answered, 200 penny worth of bread isn't, is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of, his, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they to so many among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, and so the men sat down in number, about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he, uh, he distributed it to his disciples and his disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that, none, uh, that remain, that none is, uh, be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled uh, baskets, uh, 12 baskets, and the fragments of, uh, with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above uh, that they had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, uh, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. No, this is a simple message, uh, Lord, but it's a very true one. And, Lord, it's one that uh, sometimes I think we forget. Uh, Lord, uh, just thank you for the Bible this morning. Thank you for uh, uh, people coming out, still coming out and wanting to hear the Word of God. Lord, give us something out of your precious Word this morning. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We just come out of revival. You may be seated. We just come out of revival. And the last message Brother uh, Reagan preached was on uh, uh, breaches, breaches in your life, uh, little cracks that, that get in there. That's what he's preaching on Wednesday night. Uh, you want me to turn this on? Is that what you're saying? You've got a sign back here, signs and wonders. Uh, <laughs> Jews seek signs. I'm not Jew, brother. I don't care what your sign says. And the, the Greek seeks wonder. Now, if you throw a brick at me, I'll get it. <laughs> That's Bible. That's Bible. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, he preached out on breaches, and sometimes what happens in our lives, the devil will go around us. Nobody's not. Everybody's susceptible. Everybody is. The devil will go around us and around us and around us. He's looking for the, the place that's the weakest in our armor, and he's going to find a place in there somewhere, and eventually he's going to get in. As he was preaching that message, I was thinking about some things that I do on a daily basis, and I said, Lord, you know, uh, I don't do these things, but boy, something will flash up here, or something will, the computers are deadly. You've got to watch them things. 
But some will flash up here, and something you do over here, as innocent as it could be, something will flash right here, and it'll get in your eye and in your mind, and pretty soon uh, the devil found an entry into your life. I said, you know what I need to do? I need to quit doing this then. Uh, I said, I need to start watching everything that enters these eyeballs. I got enough coming into my eyeballs on a daily basis. I don't need everything. Jesus is sitting here, and he's uh, walking around through his, with his face. It says, and after these things, verse 1, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And he comes up on the mountain, verse 4. Uh, the Passover is at hand. He says, when Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw a great uh, company come unto him. You know, Jesus watches everything all the time. You, you sometimes, or I sometimes, will think he doesn't watch. He watches everything in everybody's life. He's always watching. He sees every single thing I do, and he's always trying to help me and correct me because he sees what the devil's trying to do also in my life. Uh, brothers, sometimes I think we miss the whole thing that life, life throws curveballs sometimes that you just are not prepared for. Uh, I don't know if I could ever be a baseball player. Football seems like pretty, but that's a pretty complicated thing too. When I look at the football or baseball, I'm looking at mathematics here. Basketball to me is, is a joke. Uh, I mean, you can dribble, 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 shoot. Shoot. Uh, I used to be able to hit three-pointers all the time. And I know it's pressure, but you hit them. I, that wouldn't make me an NBA player or whatever. But, but baseball, man, I mean, somebody's throwing a ball at you at 100 miles an hour, and he's throwing it like 50 feet away, and you got like, a, I mean, you ain't even got a nanosecond to figure out what you're going to do with that ball. And you got to figure out, and here's a, the, the catcher back here going, And you got to figure, the pitcher's first got to figure out what he just said. And then he's got to throw the ball. And if he throws a curveball, spitball, whatever he throws, uh, I mean, it's going to be across that plate before you can, you can do anything. And, uh, uh, and to hit that ball, and, and even, they talk about a 500. I mean, I like it because see, you get a 230-something, and, man, they think you're a great, I guess they think you're a great ball player. I know very little about baseball. If you want to come and correct me later, you can but I'm telling you, man, it's just you. somebody throws something at you. If it hits you, it's going to put you in the hospital. And you're standing there like <laughs> looking at that guy right there, and he throws it. Football is the same thing. Here's a quarterback. I always like uh, what's-his-face over there, Brady. Everybody hated Brady. I'm not, I'm not beefing up football. I don't even watch football. But I like a guy who wins. I'm sorry. If you're on a losing team, can't help you. Uh, choose over to his team, and, and he's quit playing football. Anyways, find somebody else who plays football and wins. And just choose them. Uh, choose winners. Don't choose losers. But for a guy to sit there with all these people trying to come out and crush him and smash him and do everything else, and he's got to sit there and say, I got this guy over here, and he's supposed to take off running, and he's supposed to be down there when I throw this football, and it has to go up so high and fly all the way over there, and it has to be right there when he's down there to catch it. To me, that's just, that marvels. Uh, that's, you're talking about mathematical skill. That quarterback, you can't be a moron and do that. And be successful at it. You can be a moron and do it, but you're going to get beat up all the time. You ain't going to be doing it very long. But for somebody to sit there consistently and throw a football, you can see the confidence just in their bodies, in their minds as they're talking to you. They believe what they're going to believe. You know what Jesus is to me? He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. He sees everything. He knows everything. He knows exactly where you're going to be at any given minute that you're going to be there. And what he's trying to do is guide and direct your steps. He sat there and said, uh, he goes, and when Jesus lifted up his eyes. Well, I don't, I don't know if you ever think about that thing, man. I think about it all the time. Jesus looking up and looking at me. What scares me to death more than anything else is getting to heaven and have him look at me. And I'm like, Lord, I, I could have done something different, and I didn't. I blew it. And, you know, I don't think he's going to say a word. He's going to say, yeah, I know. I know you did, and you, already, you know you did, so... Let's move on. 
we got eternity. But you know what? You don't have to blow it, man. This world is full of things to do. Jesus is looking up. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for a few good men and women. That's what he's looking for. Watch this. He said a great company coming to him. He's, he's looking at the, 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 the fields are white with harvest. He's looking for somebody who's willing to go out there and try to win them and learn how to do it. You know, uh, winning souls is something you got to learn. It is not something that you can just go out there and start throwing tracks under people's face and expect them to get saved. That's, that's insane. I lived on ships for years. I mean, I lived on 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, and it took me almost a year and a half, two years to start winning souls on those ships. I mean, real souls. You just don't win them. They have to watch you, look at you, see that you're real, can't pick you apart, can't find anything wrong with you. That's where Jesus was. Now, I'm not telling you I'm Jesus. I just followed what he did. I said, man, this guy is like spot clean, man. He's squeaky clean. You can't find nothing wrong with him. So I started examining everything I ever did. And I said, hey, this stuff's got to go. This stuff's got to go. This I quit smoking because the Lord told me I was a bad testimony. It wasn't because somebody told me I shouldn't smoke. It wasn't I thought I was going to get cancer. I could have cared less when the Lord told me it's a bad testimony in your life and somebody's looking at you. You know what? Cigarettes went out the window. I wish I could say that about drinking. It cost me 1300 bucks to give her that. But that's okay. It went too because it was a bad testimony too. Jesus is sitting there talking and Philip is sitting there. Philip is one of his disciples. That's like all of us. We're all there all the time. I'm working into this. Give me a few minutes. I'll get to where we want to be. Philip says, uh, whence shall we buy bread that we may eat? Have you ever questioned the Lord tells you something to do and, and you start questioning? I, I quit that, by the way. I don't, I don't do that much anymore. Uh, if the Lord told me what to do, he, uh, I've got all the permissions to build a building on the back. I just ain't got no money. Uh, you know what I'm waiting on is the money. I said, Lord, you give me some money. Give me something to do and I'll do it. I said, but I, if I don't have no money, I ain't going to go out and do it without the money. I said, I got to see something. I got to see something that is in between me and you that you're telling me that this is what you want me to do. I've, all the things have been approved. The plans are all there. The city's done gave me approval. Everybody said, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, it's just like, I ain't got no money. Got to have money. This building here, this end here, I did this. I, the Lord told me to do this, and I got the money together to get the plans. And when I run out of money, when I got the plans, I didn't have no more money. And I said, Lord, there it is what you said. I ain't got no money. Somebody come up and gave me a check. How much is this going to cost? Oh, yeah, oh, I thought she was waving and saying, hey, I got a question. No. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, I ain't got no money. And he goes, here it is. Here's a, here's a little bit. And it's enough to just get started. You can walk back here and open the back doors. There they were right there one time. And you can look out there and see a hole in the ground. When we got that done, I was out of money again. Guess what? Somebody else came up and gave me some more money. And somebody else came in. Pretty soon it was done, and we were using it. And I'm like, how did that happen? Lord says, I gave you exactly what you needed and got you right down the road and did cost you a dime. It cost somebody else money. It cost me nothing. The Lord gave it. You know what that does? That teaches you that he can do it. That's what he's doing to Philip here. Lord already knows exactly what he's going to do. He doesn't need one of us to do anything for him. He wants us to be part of what he's doing. He wants to use us in this process. You know what he wants? He wants people that glow. And I had somebody come today and say they like me song leading. And I'm like, I can barely do this, but I can try. Do this and this and this. But they said, you're always happy, man. You got a smile on your face. Yeah, man, when I tell you what, I'm singing some of these songs, these things, the songs they just sang, the, the old, old story will never grow old. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been saying 43 years. That story has not got old to me yet. I like hearing the old, old story. I like Dr. Rutman preaching simple little messages. I love them. They're simple. They're right down. I like some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. I like that. You can win as much as you want to win. God will use you. Okay, you may not, you may not be a 100-folder. You may be a 2-folder. 
But you can still do everything the Lord wants you to do if you just get in, in his path. Winning souls is not as easy as it seems. You know what Philip is learning? He's learning some stuff. A little bit down the road, guess what? Philip gets Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch gets to go back and he gets somebody else. And, and they say that you, uh, Ethiopia is one of the Christian nations in Africa today. Why? Probably because of the Ethiopian eunuch. You know what the Lord was doing? He's teaching Philip something. He said, Philip, you got to trust me. You know what's wrong with most people? It's trust. The reason we have issues with each other is trust. We don't trust each other. But I tell you what, when it comes to Jesus, you're going to learn. He's sitting here, and, he, and Philip answers, which is like all of us. I like Philip. Philip is good. He says, when shall we buy bread that these may He just set 5,000 people down. He goes on, he goes, and this he said, Jesus said, to prove him. For he knew, for he himself knew what he would do. The Lord already knew he was going to feed him. The question is, and the Lord, guess what, knew exactly where the food was coming from. That little boy, the little lad with two loaves and fishes, he didn't sneak up on, on the Lord at all. Watch this. When you got your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, sometimes you need to read all three stories, all four stories. And you're going to get something that you normally don't get. Matthew 14, 15 says this, and it was evening. This is, this is us. If this is you, you need to be on the altar when I get done. As a matter of fact, you can come on down right now. Matthew 14, 15, Jesus says, he says, uh, he goes, uh, whence shall we buy, verse 5, bread? You know what our answer is? Watch Matthew 14, 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away. That's us. You know, sometimes we, we ought to just hit the ground right there and say, okay, God, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, in a, I'm in a pickle here. This is what I need. I need this. I was telling them in Sunday school about some two-by-fours and four-by-fours. Uh, two to sixes and everything else I got on the way up. I would I told the Lord, I've been praying about that thing for the last week. I said, Lord, Joe needs 17 two to sixes, eight foot long for the beds up there. And I need this and this. And they need some one by stuff. And I already loaded my truck with my nice one by 12, eight foot shelving that I had at my house. And I was going to donate that to the church, to the camp up there. But these are nice one by 12s. So I'm like, I don't want them. <laughs> They're my woman twelves. They're nice, nice pine woman twelves. Nice flat, perfect shelves. I said, but I said I'll give them up, Lord. <laughs> I really will. So I put them in a the truck. And I needed a trailer hitch. I found my trailer hitch. It was in Portland, Indiana, on the way up there. I found it. And then I said, Hey, let me just see if there's a Lowe's up here somewhere. And when I went to that Lowe's up there, guess I would have never went to Portland if it hadn't been for that trailer hitch. I'd have never found that Lowe's, and right outside that Lowe's was a whole bundle of stuff that was plenty enough for us to do exactly what we needed to do up there, and it was done. The Lord provided it right there on the spot. The Lord already knows. If he tells you to do something, he's already provided everything you need to do it. You know what he needs is somebody just to do it. You know what he's looking for right here with Peter or Philip? He's looking for somebody who's going to do what he says do. Now, I don't know about you feeding 5,000. I'm going to get in that a few minutes, but that's men and women and children on top of the 5,000. Now, I don't know if there's 7,000, 8,000, 10,000. I have no idea. Have you ever tried to sit 10,000 people? You ought to come to camp with us this year. These ladies are going to feed 140, 50, 60 kids, whatever, and adults, three meals a day. Have you ever tried to make 150 meals at a time and have them come through one seconds and thirds and twelfths and all that other stuff? And coffee and everything else for that, the logistics is out of this world. The Lord didn't ask no part of that. You know, he doesn't need any part. Boy, if you could just get him involved, all they had to do is come in and the food would be on the table and everybody sit down and eat and they'd go and the dishes get washed and everything. The Lord would do it all. You wouldn't have to touch a thing. 
Mark 6.36, they say, send them away. That's what the disciples say. Send them away. Here's my solution for feeding these 5,000 with men and women. Send them away someplace else. Send them over to Cornerstone, man. Brother Sider will take care of them. <laughs> send them to another church. Hey, the Catholics, say the food bank's downtown. Let's send them down there. That's exactly where, oh, man. Luke 9, 12. And when the day began to wear away, then came the 12. Not just one of them, all 12. See, we always give Judas the bad thing, but all of them were there. And said unto him, send the multitude away. We can't deal with this multitude. You know what the Lord wanted you to see is that, yes, you can. With me, all things are possible. You've got to get to the place in your mind where you just think that everything is him. Philip, verse 7, Philip says this. Back in John chapter 6, verse 7, he goes, Then answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one may take a little. Let them do it. Send them away. Just send them away. You know what they should have done? They said, Lord, what would you have me do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do, Lord? What do you want to do? But they hadn't learned that yet. You know what that is? That's a learned thing. So many times we let this world get in the way or people get in the way of us and Jesus Christ. I don't want nobody to get between me and Jesus Christ. I don't even let Beth there. This, this thing is between me and him, and if he tells me to do something, I'm going to be like Gideon, man. I'm going to throw my fleece out a couple times here and there. And all this. Then I'm going to do it. We just went up there and did that cabin, and probably most people thought we were crazy. We did it in three days what they couldn't do in 10, 15 years. Uh, but in any case, the Lord said, do it. I'm like, Lord, this is it's stupid. Uh, to me, it sounds crazy. And he goes, I don't know, but just do it. It's for the kill. It's for the children. It's for the children. I heard, I think Hillary said that. Children. It's for the children. It takes a village. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, these people are going to think I'm crazy. But I went up there by myself. And all of a sudden, a whole group of people went up there, and we knocked that thing out. And, get, and I'm telling you what, it, to me, it was like clockwork. It just went click, 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 click. Them guys who went up yesterday, we finished. We were wore out when we left there. We were sitting in Outback Steakhouse. It was tough, man. We had to all eat steak. Oh. And I was sitting there. Rich, Rich and Shelly didn't get in because they had to get out early. They, they didn't want to stick out with us. They hate us or something. They were trying to get away from the rain, and they went right in it and drove the whole time. We stopped and got steak, man, and, and, and all that other stuff. And when it was all said and done, it was nice sunshine out. We drive back nicely. He tells me, y'all better get out of here, man. Better get out of here. It's going to rain. It's going to be miserable. I mean, it wasn't miserable until we got back to Sydney. And then, then you can see the storm moving across 75 going east. And by the time we got to Dayton, it was sunshine again. I, don't, I didn't know where the problem was, man. I said, definitely wasn't up there at Outback Steakhouse. I didn't have a problem with that. <laughs> Mike didn't either. He, he would have went to Taco Bell. He didn't care, man. He just wanted something to eat. Joe was starving. I mean, Joe was starving. I offered him my, my protein bar, my diet protein bar. He didn't even take that, man. He was, I mean, he wanted real sustenance. He wanted food. He wanted a cow. He was ready to jump on a pig out there somewhere and just start eating it. I'm telling you, man. That's what they did in the Old Testament. Now they, blood and everything, man. He's ready to eat. I couldn't believe it. He, his diet went out the window yesterday. So did mine, man. Everybody... I, I can't eat for two days because i got to get back in shape. <laughs> this revival stuff, I don't know about you, man, but it's a terrible thing when it comes to eating. Everybody's Baptist, we got that problem. We just got to eat. But uh, Jesus tells, you know, Philip says, answered, he said, 200 pennies. He said, Lord, if, if we had this much money, I couldn't buy enough food. There's not enough available. Uh, they sit there and say, oh, well, uh, this year with the, the droughts and everything else and, and, and the inflation and everything, food's going to be scarce. I don't worry one thing about that. The Lord will take care of me. As a matter of fact, maybe I don't need as much as I thought I needed. Jesus tells them, don't send them away. 
I like it in Matthew 14, 16. Now we're going to go look at you. I'll just quote the verse. You can write them down. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. You know you should never ask anybody to depart. You should always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. But you don't really have to ever have anybody depart. You know what the apostles, all 12 of them, you know what they didn't know at this point? Is that they had within their realm, within their, their hands, the ability to do some things that the Holy Spirit would work through them. They just hadn't learned that yet. You know what we need to learn? Is God can work out some things in each and every. I cannot tell you. You know, I used to tell you if you went in the military, you was wicked as hell. And I went in the military. I can't tell you what to do in life. I cannot tell you what to do. I can tell you you can't go through without him. And the him is Jesus Christ. If you get Jesus Christ in it with the right heart, he will guide and direct your steps and you will do the right thing. You don't need me or anybody else to tell you that. I know what he will do. I've watched him do it for 43 years. It's insane, man, what he does. I can't figure the thing out. I just knew I needed a trailer hitch. I go get the trailer hitch. Now, I did tell him in Sunday school class. I bought some lights, and I'm telling you, the lights I looked down here, I couldn't afford, and I knew exactly which light. You go into Lowe's, they got lights everywhere. Here's the lights I need, and I, I ain't going to spend that much money on those lights, so I didn't get them. Dayton, Ohio. I go up there and pick that trailer hitch up. And then I go to Lowe's past that because it's on the way, and I'm looking for Lowe's, and I need to get a couple things. I'll just stop here at Lowe's, and there's my two and sixes laying outside ready for me to take half price. Then I said, okay, that's good. And I walk inside, go into the electrical department, and there's 13 of those lights for 27 bucks a piece. You say, what is that? God said, don't buy them down here. I'll get them cheaper up here for you. And I go up there, and there they are. How would I get to that Lowe's? I would, I'd have went up this way over that way. I'd have never went to that Lowe's if it wasn't for that stupid trailer hitch. You say, what is that? That's the hand of God. You say, that's simple. Yeah, that's simple. Wait till you magnify that thing in your life 43 years and see what you... Brother, I'm telling you, this church is sitting here because of God. It's not sitting here. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with him waiting for me to do what I needed to do to get to a place. And Hey, how do you do that? It just flashes. But anyway, I think them guys got to switch back here and they're doing this. Uh, they, they warned me about that stuff, so I know it's, it's, it's bad. We're going to fix that one of these days. But this church wouldn't be here without him. He had to work out a whole bunch of stuff in my life all the way through till we got here. I didn't need anybody to get this thing. I just needed to do what the Lord said do. Because I need to go out and be, why don't you just do what God does and say what, just let him show you what to do after a period of time. You know what he's teaching his disciples? How to be a disciple. You know what our problem is? Is we don't know how to be a disciple. We all want to guide our own steps. You can't guide your steps, brother. You can't do it. And it says, Jesus tells them they need not depart. Give you them to eat. <laughs> They're looking, man, we ain't got no food. He says, over in Luke 9, 13, he says, give the, ye them to eat. They don't know what to do. Jesus said, okay, I'm going to help you. Now, see, you read over there where he says, here's a little lad. And he has a two, five barley loaves and two fishes. But if you go to Mark 6, 38, write this one down. He, he saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. They didn't know how many they had. They didn't even know the little lad was there. Jesus said, Father, help them. What am I going to do with them? Tell them. Okay. Go out there. Go out and see how many loaves you got, how many fishes you got. So they go out in the crowd. 5,000 men, 
women and children, with women and children. So there's 5,000 men plus women and children. And they go out there and they find this little cat, this little guy. And he has six barley, five barley loaves and two fishes. They bring him up to Jesus. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, verse 8, back in John 6, 8, saith unto him, there is a lad here. <laughs> you ain't going to believe this. I mean, 5,000 people and women and children and only one kid with five barley loaves and two fishes? Did, like, nobody pack a lunch? What's wrong with all the moms? We go up. <laughs> we go up there, man. Andrew's starving. Andrew's always starving. Rich goes out and brings one of these little Lunchables. Now, Rich is a big guy, man. And, I mean, he brings his Lunchable. Me and Andrew laughs all the way home with this Lunchable thing. He opens it up and eats the cookie. I mean, this thing, I mean, at least Rich come with Lunchables. None of the rest of us did. How can you have 5,000 men and wives and kids and only four or five barley loaves and two fishes? Some just say, I think the Lord got into all their minds and made them forget all that stuff because he wants to show them a miracle. Nobody had nothing. There could have been 12, if every man had a wife there, that's 10,000. And if they all of them had one kid, uh, that's, that's another 25, that's 12,500 people there. And five barley loaves and two fishes. Have you ever tried to feed uh, just a, a house full of people with five barley loaves and two fishes? I mean, man, that ain't going to go nowhere. There's probably two little goldfishes, too, on top of that. He's a little boy. Philip answered. Well, he goes on. He goes, and one of his disciples, Simon, Peter, Andrew's brother. Peter, man, always gets the bad. All of them probably said, Peter, man, you got to go talk to Jesus about this one. The other 11 probably had Peter off to the side and said, look, we found this kid out here, man, but he ain't got but just this, and, and I ain't going to go tell Jesus that. And that's exactly what, you know, you, you need to get him into the impossible. You need to get to the place where it's impossible for him to do what he says he's going to do. It's impossible for me to be here today, brother, and by the way. It is impossible. I, I don't see how it ever happened. I've had people say, well, we look up to you. I'm like, you do? I said, man, y'all, your, your goal is way too low. But you know what you do? You just stick your head down the grindstone. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do, and 40 years later, this is what happens. <laughs> don't, don't try that. Don't try this at home. I should say that. Don't try this at home. He said, there's a lad here. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, comes up. It's Andrew who actually went and told him. There's a lad here which had five barley loaves. Could you imagine walking up and saying, Lord, I mean, you're looking at Jesus Christ, and he knows, he knows everything. Brother, here's 2,000 years later, it's me and you sitting here, and, and you sit there and say, it just can't happen, it just can't happen. I mean, I was, I was telling the Lord, I was going to Home Depot, I said, Lord, you know I need some 2 by 6s and I could have got them right off the rack. I could have done that, and I could have paid 8, 9, 10, 12 bucks a piece for them. I could have got that. I could have done it. I had the church credit card. Jerry was the only one whose hair, not me. I didn't care. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I said, Lord, I'm not going to do it. And, and you could do stuff like that sometimes, and you, you, miss, you miss what's getting ready to happen. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I said, I'll find him. I'll do something. I don't know what I'll do. And I said, worst case scenario up in, in Warsaw, there's a Lowe's, or Lowe's up there or Home Depot, and I can stop there, but I'm just not going to do it. And I'm telling you, one store in the United States had everything I needed to finish that job. And then I get up there and they complain about what I have as they're using it and calling me, 
She, Miss Shelley will tell you the truth. They were true. No, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. She got on their side. I mean, she was starting. I said, I need Bethy here because Bethy at least would be on my side. She would be telling me. But, but Matthew 14, 18, I'm just giving you a, a parallel look at the Gospels here. Jesus did get mad at them. You know what he said in Matthew 14, 18? He said, bring them hither to me. Bring me those five loaves and two fishes. I'm going to show you something. Now, brethren, only he can do that. He can allow us to see some things, but only he can do it. That inner circle got around him. In verse 10, it says, and Jesus said, make the men to sit down. Now they got to go tell all the men and the ladies, the moms that didn't bring no food for their kids. I can't believe that. Moms are always supposed to take care of the kids, make the lunches and do all this other stuff. How could you possibly send your kids out with no food? How could you send your husband out with no food? Beth at least gave me two granola or two uh, protein bars. She tried to give me some, some tasteless pup things too, man. I told her to keep those. <laughs> she could eat them things. This diet stuff is crazy, I'm telling you. He says, make them sit down. Could you imagine going to 10, uh, 8, 9,000, 10,000 people and saying, okay, everybody, let's sit down. We're getting ready to eat. Jesus told me to have you all sit down. I mean, what would you possibly, you don't have a apron on, you don't have no food, you don't have nothing. There's no place you're going to get no food. And he does. Verse 11 says, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to his disciples. Now, they know he had five loaves and two fishes. And as he's starting to just, uh, distribute this stuff to them, it starts multiplying rapidly. And Mark 16, 6, 6, 16 says this. Then he took the five loaves and the two fishes, looking up to heaven. He blessed them. He prayed. When you look at your different accounts throughout your Bible, what you're going to do is you're going to see little bits of information that's added in here. He didn't just hand it to him. He said, Father, bless this food. And that's why you asked your blessing, but he said, bless it. And when he handed it right to them, uh, I mean, these loaves must have been, or they did something. They break them in half, and now they're the same size. And break them in half, and they're the same size again. I don't know how they did that. I just know it worked. And then, he, and then in verse 12, this is where I really was at. When they were filled, they, they just weren't satisfied. They were filled. I mean filled. Andrew, we went out to eat breakfast yesterday. And uh, he's my son, so I bought breakfast. And we were sitting there, and his eyes are like this big, so he gets like everything. I, I can only have like this. And I'm looking at him, this and that, this and that. He's got a stack of pancakes and this big old bowl of whatever it is with all this other stuff on it with a big old egg across the top and I got this and, and I got to pay for it. I mean, it's just not right. Man. I mean, it's, it's just not right. But I enjoy my whatever it is there, the egg and, and, and he's and, and he eats like 12 bites of his stuff and he's done. And he's still got like a thing and he, I have to ride all the way home with this in the front seat of my truck. This, this thing over there full of stuff. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said... There was stuff left over, but here, eight, nine, ten thousand people ate. And he goes on, he goes, and when they were filled, five loaves, five barley loaves, and two small fishes, and everybody was filled. Have you ever been filled by Jesus Christ? I mean, just filled, overrun, overflowing. I, I do that. I, I laugh all the time, man. Me and him, I have such a blessing when I get to sit down, just me and him. And I like driving places all by myself because I can just sit there and talk to him. Then I get all backslidden and do other things. But I like, I like talking to him. Sometimes it's just great. When they were all filled, he said to his disciples, gather up, this is it right here, gather up the fragments 
that nothing be lost. Jesus doesn't waste a thing. Amen. Not a thing. Boy, I'm sure glad he doesn't. Man, am I glad. There's a, down where I'm from, Louisville, Kentucky, Churchill Downs is down there. They run the Kentucky Derby. Everybody knows about that. I've never been to the Kentucky Derby. I, I don't even get around the place, man. When I was down there, I was like, you guys are all wacko, nut, crazy people, man. I was crazy myself, but that's really crazy. I mean, that place would pack out. And I, I am a, I'm not necessarily an intro-introvert, but I'm an introvert probably. And get around crowds, I said, no, nah, them people are crazy, man. Uh, I went to concerts. I did all kinds of other stuff, but that thing to me was crazy. The day before Churchill Downs, they have uh, uh, thunder over Louisville, and a half a million people, three-quarters of a million people will show up and go to this thing and do all this other stuff, and it's nighttime. When they leave, there's just trash everywhere. It takes them a day or two to just clean up the parks down there to get back to what's normal. Churchill Downs, uh, a day before, they have some, I forget exactly what they call it, but the infield is all full of people, and everybody's out there just wearing these big hats and everything else, and, and it was pouring, I'm so glad it was pouring down rain, I guess I'm mean. Uh, I, I'm like, rain, please rain. Oh, man, that'll fix them up. But, I mean, we, my dad, we'd go down there, and my dad's a master plumber, and this is probably one reason why I hate it, is uh, we'd go out, and, and everybody on the Brownsboro Roadside, that's, that was your Beaver Creek, Oakdale, uh, Oakwood, all them places like that. Uh, but these were like half a million back then in the 80s, half a million, 200 to uh, $2 million homes. They would rebuild their pools and everything every year for the Derby. They would, I mean, you go out to the pools and a big old pool out there and a, and a, a country club looking thing out there behind their pool and all this other stuff. And they'd come in and they'd remodel the thing every year for their Kentucky. I mean, I don't know where the money came from down there, but I mean, it was everywhere. And uh, I'm like, this, these people are crazy, man. But you know, you get in here and, and they would clean up 70,000 tons of trash. Could you imagine 10,000 people sitting up on the side of a mountain and eating and it says right here, it says, he, he says, gather up the fragments that never remain. They gathered up together 12 baskets full. 12 baskets all it was. And you would think for that many people, well, 12 baskets is a whole lot more than five loaves and two fishes. And the Lord did that. I'd like to say a couple things. I'll be done. Like I said, the church at the infield would be a mess. Everything was a mess. We serve a God that is concerned about us getting fed. He wants you and I to get fed. He does not want anemic sons and daughters. He wants us to be fed. And he has a way to feed us. The problem is, is sometimes we don't feed ourselves. Joe came up to me before, Brother Joe came up before the, the service today, and he said, hey, there's a young man here who, who wants to know if he's called a preacher what to do. And he said, hey, we need to, he said, have you got a copy of this book? Uh, by the way, I just went and ordered five of them, so I'll give you, give you one or two of them, and you, we can give them away, and they, they can keep it. Uh, but you say, what is it? Well, you know what we need? He says that we need, we need workers in the field. The harvest is truly plenteous. The laborers are few. You know, we need some laborers. We need people who will even ask the question, Lord, would you have me to be a laborer, and what would you have me labor at? You know how long it takes to get there? I remember some of these guys, you see these girls over singing, I remember these girls when they were this big, man. I remember when they were this big, and I remember when they were this big fighting with each other, hating each other. Now they love each other. Well, at least I think they do. They put on a good show if they don't. Now they're this big, and I'm like, these are young ladies, man. These aren't little girls anymore. And then you got these little guys, they were like this, and now they're like this. And I'm thinking, Lord, these guys, are, they're all, they're yours. 
He goes, yeah, you didn't think that. We were sitting over the other night, and two of our little kids were graduating, two of my uh, grandkid, my granddaughter, and Joe's son was graduating. And we watched, and, and I remember, and the teacher over, one of the teachers said, and, and when Jesse was over here, so Jesse got an honorable mention, uh, she goes, she was like her, her uh, niece. I'm like, I pity you guys, man. No wonder y'all all got gray hair. If y'all got kids like this, man, Jesse would blow, Jesse kept telling me that she wasn't blowing spitballs, but the teacher come out there and yelling at me one day because Jesse was blowing spitballs in class. And uh, I told Jesse, I said, look, I told you to use an ink pen and blow it, and then you put it together. Nobody can catch you. But if you got a straw, you're going to get caught. And the teacher looks at me and gets all mad at me because I did it right in front of her. And uh, that was probably rebellion on my part, but I didn't care. The Lord, you know, he's, he's not, we're concerned. We're concerned, the disciples were concerned about sheer numbers. If I only had two or three people here, we could get through with the five loaves and two fishes. But look at the numbers. I, the numbers don't add up. You know, serving Jesus Christ never adds up. I, I still can't figure out how in the world he got me through after 43 years. I can't figure the thing out. I had a, a, a brother Donald saw him one day, and he looked at me, and he says, don't you ever grow old? I said, no. I said, I don't think I am anyways. He says, you look the same as you did when it goes. No, I don't either. <laughs> I get a little gray up here. starting to get gray. I'm going to try to get like, She won't let me dye my hair. And she's a hairdresser. I don't understand that. She'll color everybody's hair but mine. I'm like, how come they can all do it, but I can't? Because you're my husband. I can't, you can't do it. I said, okay. The Lord, the disciples... They're looking at the impossible, uh, impossibility of the situation. We sometimes, brethren, look at the situation like it is impossible. And it's to Jesus Christ, something's impossible. you got to trust him. you got to get to the place to trust him. I've had people say, well, you talk about is money. I have nothing to do. It has nothing to do with money. I have credit cards in my pocket. I could spend it all day long. As a matter of fact, Brother Jerry, I got another one. Uh, the, I got 20% off to get another one at Lowe's. Of the money there, look at Jerry's horse. Oh no! Yeah, hey, I've got enough credit cards. I could buy whatever I wanted. I could start putting that building on with the credit cards I got in my pocket for this church. I don't want to do that. I want him to give me the money and go ahead to do the thing in a way that I know he's going to finish it, and it won't be me. I don't want to come to everybody. Say, oh, if you don't give money, we're not going to get. Oh, if we don't do this, we need to get more people in. We need to do this. Hey, man, I think we got a good crowd. I like you guys. I'm glad y'all still tolerate me. The Lord is not concerned about quantity. He's concerned about the quality. You know what? He wants some people to do just what he says do. And the devil will get us so wrapped up in everything else other than what the Lord wants. And we'll miss that blessing. You know what's wrong with these 12 guys? One of them's the devil, we know. But the other 11 hasn't learned some things yet. They learn down the road. They learn. The, Lord, the Lord's provision is never in question. We just lack faith to believe it. He can do whatever he wants. Brother, if he can blow a universe out in, in with just a word, speak a word. Can you imagine? You hear, I hear these scientists, and I'm like, I can't believe you got that much education and you're that stupid. The world, people say there's a flat earth. I have problems with that, too. <laughs> because uh, Elon Musk just shot 2,800 satellites in the sky all over the planet. They're all taking pictures. Every, every picture, every angle is round. I got this picture. It shows all nine planets back when they actually had nine. They say there's only eight. Pretty soon they'll say there's ten probably. But anyways, now there's eight. But it shows all these round planets and it's flat Earth in, in the solar system. 
I'm like, this is insane, man. This is insane. But we sit there and we just, we don't believe. If he can do that, if he can make the stars and the galaxies and all that other stuff out there with just a word in a day. In a day. What is it to him to feed 10,000 people? I mean, brother, really, you got to get to back. I like my Bible. It's the greatest book in the world. In the beginning. Verse 1. Verse 1 will make an atheist out of you. <laughs> in the beginning, God. Or a believer. In the beginning, God created. Did he or did he not? I'm like, man. I mean, there was. He said, shut it. I said, okay. So I shut it. And me and him started having a conversation about him. Have you ever had a conversation with him trying to deny him or take away his glory with him? It's like, hey, Mike, do you really believe me? Well, yeah, well, let me think about this, Lord. If, I'm talking to him about it. Well, let me talk to you about that. Anyway, if evolution could be possible, then this, but he wants you to come now, let us reason together, say, Lord, you got to get it in your head where you understand the thing. Because one day, your life and somebody else may depend on what you believe. I'm like, okay, I got it, man. The Lord's provision is never in question. It's just, just lack of faith. We see the opportunities. We, we, we lack the faith to see the opportunities that Jesus provided for us. Brethren, every day we let those things slide right through our fingers. They slide right through. Because we think we know the best for our lives. Then what we'll do is we'll compromise whatever we have to do to do whatever we want to do. I, I quit all this stuff, man. I don't do that anymore at all. I don't care to do it. I don't even want to have a headache. I don't want to have any pain and agony. I want to do what Jesus said. If I'm broke when I die, I'll be broke. If I got money when I die, I'll have money. Beth will be the one to have problems. She's going to outlive me anyway, so I don't care. Uh, Y'all just take care of her or, or, or she'll get my son. She says, I'll get half your Social Security. I'll get your Social Security when you die. I'm like, that ain't right. Something ain't right with this picture. The more me and her talk about this stuff, I feel, I feel like I'm getting used here. But... <laughs> We lack faith to see that we just need to feed somebody or we need to get fed. You know what we need to do is get fed by Jesus. That's all we need to do. He's in this place and he's trying to feed him. I'm done. Give me one second and I'll be done. You'll like this. We serve God. Number, number this, this other one right here. I, I, we, we serve a God who is concerned about the fragments that are left. He just fed 5,000 plus women and children. And he could have said, okay, next. He said, no, no. He said, guys, by the way, I want you to go out there and get those fragments. We're not going to leave any. Anything that Jesus does is worth saving. Anything that he does. Anything that he does. You know what? He said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Then he made man in his image. In the image of God made he male and female. He said, let us. That's, that's the Lord made it. He said, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So everything was made by him. You know, the whole human race is fragments of something he's done. He cares about every single one of us. Lost or saved, he cares. People say, oh, he don't care. No, he does care. But those that are his, he cares more about than, I mean, he cares. And he's not going to let that go away. He's going to make sure they go out and get the fragments. Well, I'll tell you what, I tell you all the story about my dad all the time. It took seven years. But, but I'm, I'm telling you, to that night, when I started talking to him, to that night, I thought he was lost on his way to help. To that moment, sitting in front of him, I thought he was lost and on his way to help. You know what the Lord showed me? He cared about the fragment 
He cared about Frank Elliott sitting there across from him in turmoil and agony, not knowing what to do. He said, watch this. I'm going to take your son out here somewhere. I'm going to beat the snot out of him. And I'm going to get him to where he loves me because he's going to love me. And we're going to work all that stuff out. Then I'm going to get him where he loves you. And then he's going to come back and try to tell you about me. And he goes, Frank, you'll get it. You know what he cared about? He cared about my dad. And he would do whatever he had to do to reach him where he was at. And you know what he'll do for you and me tonight? He'll do whatever he has to do to reach you where you're at. Where are you at tonight? Have you ever thought about that? Say tonight, it's this morning. Where are you at? Twelve baskets seems like a lot coming from 5,000, but it really isn't. It's not that much. But he didn't waste a thing. He didn't waste a thing. We serve a great God. Sometimes we go astray. You know what God does? Lord Jesus Christ, he sends the Holy Spirit out after us. And he sends others. Samson was a great story. I like Samson. I love Samson. Just, I just, everybody always, I've heard people say, oh, Samson this, Samson that. You know what Samson was? He's like us. Except he's a lot more. <clears throat> Anybody can walk over two gates, and I, I wouldn't want to mess with him anyways. But, but he just got in the flesh, and he lost the power that God gave him, and he took it for granted. And he didn't really realize the Lord said, okay, i got to do this to you, Samson. So he, he let Samson get suckered in by a girl. Guys, you want a girl, you're nuts, I'm telling you. Uh, you better make sure you got the right one because she's going to do this to you. Uh, and you're going to be walking around with this hook in your mouth, and, and pretty soon you're going to have you're going to be pushing this thing around, cutting, uh, making. All she's going to do is work all day long. That's what she's going to make you do, work. Work, 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 and she's going to sit at home eating bonbons. Uh, but that's okay. Samson got suckered. And he got his hair cut. I didn't do my wife. As a matter of fact, God gave me a wife that cuts my hair. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. The story's starting to sound pretty familiar. <laughs> but anyways, Samson, he gets out there by himself. He's just going around in circles. He couldn't, can't see nothing anymore. Got his eyes put out. And he starts talking to the Lord. And the Lord starts talking back. Samson keeps talking to the Lord, and the Lord keeps talking about it. His hair starts growing, don't really pay no attention. You know, he didn't really care about his hair. What he cared about was talking to the Lord. And he said, I bet you all that, I could, I could hear them prayers, man. Lord, I just done messed up. He goes, yep, you done messed up. He said, Lord, they, they're making fun of you. Yep, they sure are. They're making fun of me because of what you did, Samson. Yep. And then one day they bring him out for sport. The Lord says, hey, Samson, you want to get out of here? I think, I think the Lord set that thing up for Samson to end it the right way. I've heard people say he committed suicide. I think he went out to battle. And in the battle, he died. Uriah Hittite died in battle. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong. But Samson goes out there, and he sends some little kid. He said, hey, hey, the two main pillars, could you put my hands between them? And he puts his hands right between them, and he holds them here. And he says, Lord, just give me this one more. And Samson's strength can't return, and he pushed those things. And 4,000 uh, Philistines died that day. And uh, what he, he said, we serve a great God. I wrote this down. We serve a great God. When we sometimes go astray, Jesus can still gather up the fragments. You know, he went back and got Samson. Samson, I think, finished right. I think he finished right. God was not going to let him. How about David, man? David, old man. David's 70 years old. I like David. David's a good guy. 70 years old died. King David, he's coming back, man. He's going to be in the millennium ruling and reigning. King over all the people of Israel. David. David, the one who committed adultery and killed Uriah the Hittite. Yeah, the one who did... Man, I tell you what, that is, I, I don't understand some things in the Bible. The Lord's going to show me some things. Abishai is sitting there at the very end in bed with David, and, and Bathsheba sitting there looking at I, Man, Beth would kill me. 
I would have never made it to 70 like that. Well, she's just keeping me warm. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think Beth would tolerate that. Or most women wouldn't. But David, you sit there, all this stuff that happened to him in life, and you could pick out things here and there and say it's all bad. And you know what the Lord did? He, he was there with David the day he did. He gave him Solomon. And he said, David, you're going to be back with me. How about Peter, man? Get thee behind me, Satan. Out there fishing at the very end. Jesus said, hey, you caught anything? No. Throw it over the other side. John caught who that was. Peter still didn't know who that was. John had to tell him, you know it's good to have brethren around you sometime? Sometimes it's a blessing to be around brothers and sisters in Christ. And when, you, when you're just a little bit backslidden, somebody can tell you, hey, man, that's the Lord. You know, as soon as Peter got that, he jumped out. He, he beat John, man. He was out of the boat right on the shore talking to the Lord, getting his spanking. Peter, lovest thou me? Yes, I love you. Peter, lovest thou me? You know I love you. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I trusted Jesus. Like, man, that's kind of Peter. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Oh, Lord, you know I love you more than Yeah, I know you do, but you, you deny me three times. Like, i got to get you back. Peter, how about Peter, man? You know what the Lord was doing to him? Getting him back. We serve a God. He, he gets those strays. The fragments. Are you a fragment today? Boy, I sure was. I got saved in 1980. But there's been times in my Christian walk that I was a fragment. And I'd get off to the side and guess who would appear? Lord Jesus Christ. Come right in there to get me. And he never let me alone. He never let me alone. Brethren, if you're in here today and he leaves you alone, then there's a problem. But if he's bothering you, you know what he's doing? He's trying to gather up the fragments. I think the Lord's coming back real soon. I don't think he's going to be gone. I, don't, I just can't believe it's going to be. The way the world is going, as fast as it's going, it's going down the tubes. Honestly, all you have to be is honest. Go back 100 years and look at what it was then. Look at it today. It just goes like this. Right. Down. Our kids, our families, everything just down is the way it's going. It's never been like that for 6,000 years. It's just going right down the tubes. That is a, that the Lord can't keep this thing going. I don't know how much longer it's going to be. I remember back in 89, they said, oh, the rapture's going to happen. No, wrong. This is now 2022, and it still hasn't happened yet. But, boy, I tell you, it's getting closer and closer by the minute. You know what he's doing? He's gathering up the fragments. He's trying to get everybody in. If you're in here today and you're a fragmented person, Jesus is trying to get you back. Most of the rest of us, if you're honest, you'll, you'll realize that somewhere in your life you were fragmented and he got you. What a blessing. What a friend we have in Jesus. I love this song. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know why? Because he's always out after the fragments. You know what he's doing right here? He's trying to teach the, the apostles, don't waste the fragments. I won't. Don't waste them. I've heard preachers say, oh, well, that fragment, uh, yeah, that fed me. No, no, that wasn't what it was. He goes, whatever I do, I don't waste. And whatever you do for me, don't you waste it. You know what's wrong with a lot of us is we waste what he gives us. He told a man one time, he said, I'm going to give each of you a pound. And then we'll come back. And he came back and one had ten, one had five. That means each person could do something different. The one stuck it in the ground and didn't do nothing with it. And he chided that person and took away from him and gave it to the other. Now that's a millennial passage. I got that, man. That's, that's not for me. But the lesson is still there. 1980 on a back porch, he gave me something that's more precious than anything in this universe outside of him. He gave me eternal life. And I didn't have it one second before I got saved, and one second after, I had it. 
eternal life. You know what my job is now? Is to go out and feed the 5,000. Or the 500. Or the 5. Or the 1. But it's to go out and help them. And help them. And help them. And try to gather the fragments. He didn't tell them just to go try to gather them. He said gather them. You know what our job is? Is to go reach those that need to be reached. Lost or saved, it doesn't matter. If you're in here today and you're lost, today would be a great day to get saved. You couldn't meet the day. The altar calls open. The altar's open. All you got to do is come down and say, hey, look, my uncle used to say all the time, he's a good old Southern Baptist preacher, man. He had this thing down. You come down and say, what are you here for? They'd say this. What are you here for? They'd say that. What are you here for? They'd say this. Sometimes what you need to do is just grab somebody and say, look, would you pray for me? Would you pray with me? Would you ask the Lord to show me exactly what I need to do? And for the rest of us, we need to, he's gathering the fragments. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Are you ready? Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, one of these days you're coming, and, and Lord, you've been trying to gather the fragments. I know you have been in my life since uh, the day I got saved. And Lord, you're, you send missionaries out, you send evangelists out. The young man in here that's uh, asked about the calling to preach, Lord, uh, you're still moving in hearts. Uh, Lord, you're still, uh, the, the, the fields are still white to harvest, Lord. There's still people out there that need to get saved. Lord, the fragments uh, in our lives, Lord, some of us, we just kind of go off to the side sometime, Lord, and we just need that nudge to get back in. Lord, you've sent your 12 disciples out to get the fragments. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd put that same desire in our heart that we'd go out and gather those fragments also. It's just not the food, Lord, but it's our brothers and sisters out there that are hurting, uh, Lord, and sometimes they just need a, a comforting a word or two from just somebody, Lord, to, to help lift them up. And, Lord, help us to be those people. Father, uh, it's just a blessing to be in a church with a bunch of people that love you. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd use us. And, Lord, today, again, if there's anyone in here that's lost, that you'd touch their heart and show them their need of a Savior. And for the rest of us, Lord, if, uh, if we're fragmented, Lord, that you'd help us to become part of the whole again. And, Lord, thank you for my dad again. Thank you for those down through time I've watched you bring back. And thank you for bringing me back and keeping me in. And, Lord, uh, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.